Hello, and welcome to Stuff Mom I Forgot to Tell You. I'm Monica Francois Marcel, a Gen X founder, entrepreneur, and baseball mom based in Chicago. And I believe that if we're very lucky and work very hard, life will be long and it will be messy. So to help us with the mess and provide tips for longevity and joy in what lies ahead, each episode, I'm borrowing either the mother of a friend or a trusted mentor that I greatly admire. This is a diverse group of women who've been there and done that, and you are going to love their stories. My own mom isn't here anymore, so the stuff these women share is precious to me, and their cross-generational pearls of wisdom are just what we all need. I'm so excited for you to join us, so let's jump in. Hello, and I am so thrilled that I have Betty here today. Betty is someone that I have known since, Betty, I don't know if you know this, but I've known you since I was 14 years old. Do you realize that? Yeah, that was um, in high school, right? (laughs) Correct. I was a freshman in high school, (laughs) and I met your fabulous, the first of your fabulous daughters, Rachel, and I remember her locker was just down the hall from mine, and I was struck by the fabulous wardrobe that she had. She just looked very impressive, and I thought, who is that? I need to make her my friend. And uh, all these years later, I'm very lucky that this wonderful woman that you have raised is still one of my dearest and kindest friends, and then I've had a chance to get to know you and your family a little bit more. So I just want to thank you so much for having this conversation. You know, our goal with um, this little project of uh, stuff mom, I forgot to tell you, is to just surface pearls of wisdom, you know, from women like yourself who've been there, have done that. And especially for people like me who are, you know, now 53, as is Rachel. And, uh, you know, with my own mom and dad gone, I'm just really eager to learn from fabulous women that, have, you know, figured out how to do amazing things in the second half of their life. Because what I think, at least in my case, my parents and a lot of um, resources are available for how to live a great first half of your life, right? Like how to get through college and get a great job and maybe get married or, or have kids parenting, all of that. But then once some of those things are done, there's really so little that I find available for what you should do in the next half of your life. And as I learn about what you've been doing in your you know, decades that I've uh, known you, it's just so impressive. And I can't wait to kind of pick your brain a little bit about that. So I'm going to ask you some questions, but I really want this just to be a conversation. And so if it's okay, the first question I'm going to ask you is just if you look back on your own life so far, right, other than your kids, because most of the women I interview tend to tell me their children is what they're most proud of. So I'm, I'm proud of your kids too. But other than your kids or your grandkids, what would you say that you're most proud of having done or accomplished or what part of your life makes you most kind of think back and think, wow, I did that? I guess I was able to do it pretty independently. I pretty much, my parents moved from Silver Spring to Tucson, Arizona, right after I was out of college. And I started grad school and I just was pretty much on my own, you know, and I didn't realize I was as independent as I was until I started talking to friends and saying, telling them what I did. And they said, you did that? I said, yeah. (laughs) And my my sister helped me a little bit, but she was probably as independent as I was. And 
it's just one of those things. I guess my parents uh, basically instilled that in us. And I don't know, sometimes I wondered if that was good or bad. Being too independent sometimes, you know, you kind of avoid relationships with people, you know. But, um, you know, after you reach a certain age, your kids grow up and they leave home and you have a lot of time on your hands to think about it. But, wow, you know, I'm not sure I could do that again. <laughs> you know, I did a lot, you know, on my own. And I never really, um, my parents, I think mostly my dad, I think, um, wanted me to leave home ready to support myself. And that wasn't necessarily from college, but I always tell this to people. But when I was in high school, you know, he always assumed I was going to go to college, you know, whatever. I never really questioned it. But he also said, since he was in the business world and very successful and very actively in, in, in his job before he retired early, he made sure I took two years of typing, two years of shorthand, so I could go out there. Of course, now I remember, now this is back in the late 50s. So that was when you could only be a secretary or a nurse or a teacher. So his, his idea was, okay, you could be able to go out and support yourself if you need to. So it was never, he was way, I think, ahead of his time. You know, he was never like, well, you got to get married so you can, you know, be able to take, someone's going to be able to be taken care of, blah, 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 blah. That was not the case with any of us, the three, we had two other sisters, older and younger, and that was always the message. So I don't know why that was, unless he, he was sort of like orphaned when he was like a young teenager, um, about 1918 or so, and went out on his own, you know. And so I think he just always instilled that in us. And we, we didn't really didn't know any different, <laughs> you know. And we just sort of grew up that way. But then I, you know, sometimes I talk to my friends who are women my age and they kind of depend on maybe their spouse mm -hmm. a lot. And I look back and I think, you know, maybe it shouldn't have been that way for me, but that's the way it was. Interesting. <laughs> you know, and I, I did a lot and I, they never really encouraged me after I left home. When I left home, that was it. You know, I was on my own pretty much. And I, I rarely, I really got back to them for any advice. I guess I was pretty much, you know, my own person. And um, that's the way it was. I think that's the way it is pretty much with the, my two sisters also. So I think it was all our, our home life. My mother was a very independent person, although she was very much of a loving wife to my dad. Uh, she was a nurse and took care of him a lot. Uh, he was chronically ill from, I'd say, most of his adult life, although he worked actively, but um, she was the only person in her family from upstate New York that left home to go to nursing school in D.C., where she met my dad. And so I kind of got it from both sides. It was modeled for you. you know? So even if she didn't talk about yeah, it. Yeah, it was modeling. You yeah, saw they, it, right? Yeah. Even if she didn't like, tell you, Betty, do these things, you saw her do Never, it. never told so me It was just anything. an option that was in front of you. Yeah, she never told me. She never really said, you have to do this and you have to do that. And I, I just kind of grew up. I don't know how that works, whether it sort of gradually gets inside you and it all kind of blossoms. That's what I was going to say. Know? It speaks to the power of, um, I mean, there's the stuff that we tell the people that we love and then there's the things that we do yeah. that they absorb, right? Right. In terms of the messages. Yeah. When my dad traveled around the world when he was working and she was home with three kids and um, was actually home for one. My younger sister was born and my dad wasn't there. He was in Mexico, I think, something like that. So she had a big job, 
and but she had no problem with it and was not near her mom or her sisters or her brother. She had a twin brother, not near them at all, enough to have them help her, you know. So anyway, she was um very quiet person, but very independent too. So I guess I had I guess I didn't have yeah, any choice. No, you thought I was going to be <laughs> When did you learn, you mentioned earlier that when you were growing up, there were only so many jobs that were ever put out in front of you and your generation as options, right? Um, At some point, you realize that there's those and there's some other things that you could do. Do you remember kind of when you figured that out, that there's like other options available to you? Well, as a young little kid, I wanted to be a doctor, but that was, you know, it was never mentioned. (laughs) It was like, okay, that's great. But I, I realized that after I retired that I had, in fact, I couldn't wait to retire because um, I had so many things I wanted to do. And my, I probably always wish I was maybe decided my role in life maybe 20 years down the road because I would have gone into environmental science or some some aspect of that. You know, I'm very much into that kind of stuff now as a master gardener. I, I preach about it. It's almost like a religion to me. <laughs> and I'm right now I'm in, involved in a community of trying to convince the residents in a HOA community to, you know, to change their views about gardening and uh, how the world is, you know, needs help from people who know what to do with gardening and all that kind of stuff. So. So talk about some of these things on your list. Um, I'm going to get to the, to my personal favorite on your list in a minute, but when you retired, there were all these things that you wanted to do. There were all these options that you realized you just mentioned one is if you, you know, you considered like something, well, a master science in, in environmental engineering. Instead you went into being a gardener, a master gardener. Right. So that's a great channeling. What yeah. are some of the other things, Betty? Cause I, again, I just want you to say them out loud so that other people that, you know, in your family get to hear that. Right. Well, I've always tried to stay physically active. I was never an athlete, never good at much of anything athletically, but for some reason, I haven't figured that out yet. And my dad and my mom were not really physically active that much either, but I felt like I had to be physically active. I mean, I was a, took dancing lessons, you know, when I was a kid for about 10 years or eight years. So anyway, I've, it was, it evolved from just, I guess, jogging. And then I got into, when I retired, I started going to a senior center and I got into yoga. And so then when we moved to the Eastern Shore, I got latched on to a a really great yoga teacher who was local. And she convinced me to get my certification for um, beginner beginner yoga instruction. So I I went that route. Luckily, I did it about four or five years ago. I would never be able to do it now. (laughs) Too much arthritis. (laughs) Let's just Appreciate. I remember being in awe, you know, when I heard that and hearing that you, I don't want to age you too much, but like in your 70s? Yeah, I was late 70s, like 78. Late 70s, not even early 70s. You decided to go off and I'm going to get a yoga certification. Now talk about, I mean, wow. Well, I felt like I was good enough. I guess I felt like I had enough confidence because, you know, it's all different levels. And I had the lowest, it was a 200 hour class it lasted like six months but she was such a great person and became a good friend and she encouraged me all the time you know and I felt like well at least I can get this far I never wanted to teach yoga even though I'd been a teacher for 30 years you know I never wanted to teach it 
I just wanted to learn more about it, which I did. And I taught a few classes of hers after that, but um, it was never intent to be a teacher. But I do promote it. You know, I do with my friends. I try to, you know, give them a few clues on what you can do if you need to do what you, you know, correct this or correct that or whatever. so amazing. So it's a good it's a good thing to have in your uh, repertoire when you get old because it's um, you can always use it even when you're old. <laughs> and how old were you started practicing? Oh, probably when did I retire? Um, about sixty five, sixty six. That's so great! <laughs> oh, I love that. Right? It's so great. It's. I, I mean, I'm I'm blessed with being flexible. That helped, you know. Yeah. But don't ask me why I decided to do that. Now that you mentioned that, I can't remember why I decided to go into yoga. Because nobody I knew was in yoga. Except Rachel. I think Rachel may have been at that time. She was doing a little. Yeah. Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, your girls, both of them have great attention, like you, to health and to, uh, you know, being in in shape and being intentional. And, um, you know, I'm going to... They got it from somewhere, you know, because I'm, I'm not, I'm not as good about that as they are. And both of them are really intentional. So I wonder if it's just part of, again, like it's been a part of what you've been doing for so long that it it, it may seem to you like a big decision, but maybe it was a natural next step. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's interesting. I never thought about it that way. I guess they live, I mean, I was always into, you know, eating the right food. It wasn't as much of a foodie as some of them are. I mean, I, I, I'm they're a little bit more more into it than I am, but I'm very conscious of what I eat. And I maybe you know, Monica, I think maybe it has to do with my dad was I mentioned was chronically ill. He had a lot of GI issues, lots of GI issues, and I was around that a lot. And he wasn't able to eat a lot of stuff, and you know, all that kind of thing. And and I and I love I love to cook, but I always think about my mom. You know, was always always cooked very bland food. Never, you know, nothing to spice it up. And so maybe I was um, just kind of always aware of eating what I was eating. You know, I always had a weight issue. You know, gaining weight, and so I was always trying to fight that battle all the time. In fact, I always tell friends now that he's this person has since passed away. He's a cousin on my dad's side. He coined the term, you won't believe this, porky for me. <laughs> I mean, I was a little short, little pudgy little kid, you know, unlike my two sisters. And so I kind of got that name and I'll, that, that'll never, <laughs> I'll never, that will never unstick. <laughs> that will never unstick. You know, right? Well, you're doing a lot of things right. Because whatever those lessons were, I mean, again, your, your attention to your health it's really impressive. And I got to say, I mean, it may be normal in your circles, Betty, but I got to, and I have another friend that I'm interviewing who also is very big into yoga and has been a big part of her practice. And it's part of why she's so useful like you, but, uh, I don't know that in and of itself is just such a nugget in terms of like, it's the interesting that you started, you know, that's so cool. Well, what you grew up with that, that makes a big difference. I think um, it does. My mom, we believe it or not, I grew up in the forties at home, 50s, we never had white bread in our house. Uh, <laughs> really? That, yeah, never. Wow. It could have been raisin bread, but it was never white bread. Oh, my gosh. She, she, um, 
well, I don't know, being a nurse, maybe, I don't know. That's I think so. I want that combined with knowing very intentionally about what your, what responses your dad had to different foods probably combined yeah. to get you ahead of the game compared to other people when you started oh, yeah. out. I mean, right? that was always an issue in our house. So what are you looking forward to? So again, you've got this youthful energy. You've got this gardening that you're doing. You're going to transform the Eastern shore and make it a bastion of uh, environmental science and best practices. I don't know. But what, what do you really want to do next? What are you looking forward to? I just want to stay healthy, basically. Okay. Um, you know, I've got a lot of physical issues in terms of arthritis. My mobility has cut back, which is frustrating. Even with yoga, I do I take at least one class a week. And I, you know, I struggle, try not to take, I'm, I'm a sort of an anti, not anti-medication, but I try to stay away from medication as much as okay. I can. And try, as my yoga teacher says, you try to manage it. That's, that's what I do, you know, try to manage it. And um, know that I can take something if I have to. Yeah, but anyway, I, I just want to stay healthy. And maybe I know Lloyd wants to um, start traveling. We used to travel a lot before COVID. <clears throat> In fact, we had a trip planned for Scotland about two and a half years ago, right before COVID. And we actually still have a credit for British Air to fly. So hopefully maybe we'll be able to do that. I'm a little skittish about it, but um, something happens when you turn 80. I think everything becomes sort of iffy. I don't know. When you have an older sibling, you know, she's the pathfinder, you know, and I can always talk to her about, okay, what's next, Jean? Okay, that's <laughs> a good know? tip. So, because I yeah. have older sisters too, an older yeah. sister, either, so I can call on her to see oh, yeah. what, what's ahead of me, what's next. Exactly, what's, what's and it's it's, a, you're, it's amazing how similar things are. I mean, sometimes to the point of, is it your left thumb that has arthritis? <laughs> yep, <laughs> true. That's it's true. That's weird. That's weird. Yeah. Good. That's <laughs> All right. I mean, we we commiserate a lot about medication. We take the same kind of meds without consulting each other for like blood pressure and stuff. And um, yeah, we're very much alike, although personality wise, very different, but physically we're pretty much alike. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about your gardening. And so I know you're a master gardener, like how many yeah. hours a week would you say you spend in your garden and what oh, are you most too many. about? Well, I became a master gardener. Let's see. I'm on my 15th year, I think. We moved here 16 years ago. So I did it pretty much right away. My mom was a gardener. She never really taught me anything about gardening, but I, like you said, I just watched her, you know, garden. And her mother was a gardener, my grandmother. But I, a friend that lives here in Symphony Village said, well, Betty, why don't we just take the Master Gardener training? So it was like a, a six-month training program, you know, book learning. And then we had to have like 40 hours of volunteer work. So that really keeps you very busy. There's a theme here. Are you noticing the theme? Which what, is no. that you like to uh, stretch yourself. You go after not just, you don't do things casually, right? You have to go no, after. No, the I, no, no, you're right. Training. You yeah, have to right. certify. You have to do all the hours of training. Yeah. From the I know. I'm, I'm not really a, interesting, buddy. Well, I'm not off the cuff. Like I, Rachel did that personality test for me. Did she do uh -huh. it for you? And yeah. And I'm, I'm a uh -huh. maven. Yes. A maven. I have to know everything before I do yes. it. I have to, I, you, know. I, you know what? I am one too. I oh, are you? That. I am. Yeah. I, I, have, I have to know what I'm doing. I 
when I taught school in public school, I had to be totally prepared, probably over-prepared, because uh, I didn't want to go walk in there and get eaten up. <laughs> hey, but it's doing you well, right? I mean, now look what you're able to do with that insight. Hey, if you look back to maybe when you were like in your, so you know, I said like mid fifties now, what are some things that you did or, or wish you had done either did mm-hmm. or wish you had done like in your fifties to kind yeah. of set yourself up for like a long, healthy, joyful, whatever life, any, any tips for like this era of my life? I guess a little bit of a regret is I was totally into my job, taught school. I mean, I started out teaching college level, but I ended up in middle school and high school mostly and very intense job for me. I knew that I had a disadvantage in terms of my presence. I was an old lady, you know, all my students referred to me like their grandma, you know, that doesn't help. (laughs) I didn't have a, a great sense of how to discipline and how to manage classrooms, so I had to learn that from scratch. And so I think I probably maybe should have branched out more in a career. For some reason, I didn't think I was able to do anything else. I should have pursued more avenues. My one, my first taught middle school, after about a year, I said to myself, you've got to do something else. You can't do this. And I looked for a job, but unfortunately, I only looked at science, which is what my field is. I didn't look anywhere else. And now I hear about teachers leaving teaching and they're going to real estate. Well, that would have been kind of interesting, you know? I didn't, I was afraid to get out of my comfort zone. So I think I'm, that's one of the things I regret not doing. But maybe it could have led to doing some other things with, um, you know, environmental science or that type of thing. If you explored other things. Well, you know, that's one of the reasons I'm doing this is because uh, I'm trying to figure out how to get out of my own, how to get out of my own comfort zone. And my goal is to hear from people like you, like just what you've done, partly just to give me options that maybe I didn't even know I had. Right. right. Well, I, I, don't, I don't easily get out of my comfort zone. You know, I'm not a um, get up in front of a bunch of people. And here I did went into teaching. I mean, how stupid is that? You know, right. <laughs> and I, I had to, teach myself how to do that it was a uh-huh. it was a real um what do you call them brain brain test to kind that of must convince have been myself really challenging I could do for it you. yeah I was not a natural at all not yeah. a natural and I um energy wise right to like yeah I looked forward to to retirement <laughs> that's interesting <laughs> because I knew I wasn't doing what I really like to do I mean it sounds kind of sad but um, I learned a lot, and that now I, I love teaching kids, you know, not in the school situation, but, you know, in other, like I volunteer at an arboretum where they have you school do. groups com- coming in. Uh-huh. You know, we do, like, a couple months ago, we did about 17 preschoolers, like pre-K. Wow. And we took them into the woods and did all kinds of neat stuff with them. But... I still like to do it, but on my own terms. <laughs> on your own terms. Yeah, no, sure. You know what I mean? Terms. I like to do it on my own terms. Well, you didn't uh, know that was an option back then, right? You didn't oh, know. Yeah. Was, yeah. yeah. That wasn't a yeah, choice teaching, put in front of you. Teaching is a very noble, demanding profession, and it hasn't gotten a good deal. It needs some work. So a couple other things. I'm going to throw some rapid-fire questions at you just because I want to hear your answers to this. So what's your favorite color, Betty? 
Oh, Lord. I don't know if I have one. You've got uh, most green or blue? Somewhere Do in your there. kids know that? Do your kids know that green and blue are your favorite colors? Probably not. Probably not. Now they do. Okay. <laughs> um, what is your favorite thing to do when you're by yourself? Well, listen to music. What kind of music? Classical. Classical? Usually, but not always. Oh, either classical or I would say show music. You like Broadway? Yeah. Musical. Musical music. Okay. Um, if I have a, a, a good book that I'm interested in, I'm basically, for some reason, I'm drawn toward nonfiction. Why? I don't know. Same with me. But if I, if I find something that I, I'm interested in, I, can, I love reading that kind of stuff. Um, it's the maven in you, just like me. That's what it is. is. Right? I, I, same thing. I like all nonfiction. <laughs> I, I like fiction, but I prefer nonfiction. So. Yeah, I just, I just, like I said, it's like getting information. Can't get enough. (laughs) Right. And I don't think that's with my gardening. I am a notorious, you know, I'm I'm also, you know, I'm kind of artistic, you know. Uh Uh-huh. And my gardening is what they call kind of a wild gardening. It's not what I call um, disorganized because I am an organized person. But I'm not a a little uh, neat freak kind of gardener. You know, That's fun. Sort of a naturalist. Yeah. More of a naturalist yeah. about it all. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, when you think about, you know, your girls and uh, all the amazing things they have in front, of, in front of them still, is there any advice you have for them or things that maybe you have forgotten to tell them that you can tell them now that you wish for them kind of in the years ahead? I mean, they're great kids. They, they're um, very self-confident and very capable. I don't know that I could tell them anymore except that and everybody always this is very cliche but you know do what you think you do what you want to do you know kind of a thing and don't be afraid to try some new things because you never know if you're going to like it or not you know it's um you, you don't know what you know what you're going to like until you really get into it and you have to almost like force yourself to to try something and you might hate it for a little bit but after a while you'll surprise yourself so that's funny because earlier you said you don't like to get out of your comfort zone, but that sounds like pushing ourselves out of our comfort zones. Did you know that? Yeah, well, see, my dad, that's one of the things I learned as a kid. He's always making having us do things that we didn't really think we were good at. You mm-hmm. know, we were three of us were his three boys, quote unquote. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? So sure. he, he made sure that we could do things that, you know, weren't necessarily designed for girls, you know. So I think that's part of it. And I don't know, I think, I think as you age, you tend to lose a lot of that um, vulnerability or feeling mm-hmm. that you can't do something. I think yeah. you lose it. I think you become more, I mean, I've become more, uh, I don't really care what people think kind of a thing. You know? I like it. Good it's, advice. It's you're more your own person and you, you have your past to look back on to see what you've done. They say, hey, I did that. Maybe I can do this. You know? Maybe I can do this. So aging, you know, doesn't have its all oh, its bad points. You know, it's um, you do have something to fall back on, to look back on, and say, "Hey, you know, how did I ever do that?" <laughs> you know, pretty. I mean, I've even asked the, both Rachel and Melissa that. How did you ever jump out of that airplane? <laughs> I remember when she did that. I remember that. Yes. Well, she said, I don't think I can do it again. And I said, "Yeah, good." <laughs> I remember when she did. I remember that. Very, I, I had the same question. I think I asked the same question. But I, it's it's kind of a good thing to go back and think that you did these things, and you know, 
you can always do something else. Yeah. And I think, I think the world becomes less judgmental when you're older. You know, I mean, I don't think people are judging you as much as when you're really young, because when you're young, I think they're looking at, well, you know, you've got all this life ahead of you and you better make sure you make the right decision and blah, blah, you know, but I think if you, if you've already accomplished certain things, you know, I think it helps to, as you move on, you kind of, you know, build, you know, you kind of build your own um, confidence. I mean, I, I can say that I was not extremely confident, self-confident as a kid, not at all. I mean, I was very shy, very quiet. Um, I had a very strong-willed dad, very, I guess I'd call him dominant figure. And so I was always kind of like, just listen to him. My mom was quiet, very influential, but quiet. And they, had, they were, I guess they call it a good match. I don't know. But he um, pretty much determined what our life was going to be like, <laughs> you know, which I guess most parents do. But I was very quiet. And he always complained about me being quiet. You know, I was sort of like semi-hide when we had company, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and he didn't like that because he was a very outgoing, very gregarious, had a lot of friends. I don't know. I, I maybe, maybe when you're on your own and your parents are gone and you don't have that thing over top of you anymore, having to live up to something. It shifts, you know, it shifts when your parents are gone. I can say, um, my dad died last year and, oh. uh, it just shifts because now it's kind of like, yeah. huh, what am I capable of? What do right. I want to do? Right. Uh, what's, you know, what's the, the guardrails? Are there guardrails? Are they real? Are they imagined? All of that kind of thing. I think sometimes when you're young, you know, your world is very small. Mm-hmm. But then when you, the older you get, your world gets bigger and bigger. And you yep. see everybody and they say, oh, my gosh, you know. There were, were there were some exceptional things that I did, you know. Yeah, you didn't think they were exceptional when you were young. You didn't, but in in the context of it, well, you've done some exceptional things. Well, listen, I could talk to you all day. Uh, is there any other kind of advice or tips or anything else that you want to? When you came here today, was there anything else that you wanted to share? I want to make sure that we don't lose that. Not really. I think your life changes all the time. I mean, I think as you get older, I think your health is the paramount thing. Because it determines, you know, everything else. And to try to take care of yourself as best you can and, you know, be as, you know, close to your family as you can be physically and emotionally because they, you know, they're part of you. You know, they're an extension of you. And you you want to make sure that, you know, you're part of what they do and they're part of what you do and that type of thing. So family becomes more and more important the older you get also. I'm working sure. on that. I got my family all over the world. And so I, I, I'm yeah. trying to figure out a plan to, to get them to physically, especially after COVID, to be in the same oh, yeah. place again. Yeah, well, same here. I, mine, none of my family are near me um, all over the country, not the world. But, but then I have other friends who have family very, very tight. I mean, not tight, but like, for example, they all live around Baltimore or they all uh-huh. live, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. It's amazing yeah. how some families are that way and some families are split. I know. Is it that, is. And I don't, sometimes I wonder if that's a trait in that gene gene pool. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think it can be personality too. Because like I think my family's everywhere because it's the way that my dad raised us. You know, mm-hmm. um, go out in the world, do everything, and and yeah, yeah, um, well, see, yeah, yeah. So darn yeah, my it. dad, yeah, my <laughs> dad, everywhere. 
<laughs> yeah, he traveled the world, and yeah. my mom didn't, but he never discouraged us from doing anything. Right. right. So that's a lot to do with it. Well, thank you so much for our time together. This has been a delight, and I may, I'm, I'm going to have to find out more details on the specific yoga certification you got later on because I'm going to put that on my list of, uh, oh, yeah. you know, I'm not as in good shape as you, but I, I, I can figure this out. Well, that's the thing about yoga. That is a total misconception about yoga. Yeah. Like you have to look like these models. You right. Know. Don't go to a yoga studio with like 20 or 30-something-year-old people because get where the old ladies are right oh (laughs) i mean it's well and a yoga teacher that that you know something one time i did have a yoga teacher that was um she was older i remember she had gray hair but she was very much overweight but she could do everything she could do everything everything. she had all the flexibility yeah and so it um i can't say that it's totally out of your mind but my concept of yoga now finally is not something that I, I'm using to work out. Right. It's not a workout. It, it is a, an awareness of your body and how your body works. And, and I think that's why I think I have pretty good balance. Okay. Because I know where, I know where my feet are. I know yeah. where my body is. So far, knocking on wood, I haven't broken any bones, you know, from falling yeah. or anything. Yeah. So it, it's, a, it's a more of a self-awareness than it is performance. I love it. Great. Well, that's, we could all use some of that, right? Self-awareness instead of performance. Well, thank you, Betty, for our time together. And uh, we're going to close out. So thank you so much again. Thank you, Monica. 